Tell me about a couple of things here. So some people might have seen Robbie was very good at doing this and sprinters doing it. It's called sandbagging or drifting. Oh, I never sandbag you, Mitch. It's the drift. It's the drift. It's the well, drift. Well, the drift, yes. The drift is, Robbie, explain it. All right, so the, the, the tactic, um, well, for me and for, for guys like me who were not great climbers, not very good climbers, some days terrible climbers, to save your legs and to, to keep yourself in the peloton climb after climb, and I'm not talking, not climbs of 20K, but sort of these one to two kilometre hills, but they feel like climbs, trust me. The, the trick was to save your legs as much as possible was to start the hill at the front of the peloton and then just ride a moderate tempo, drift your way backwards, just drifting through, riders passing you left and right, by the time you get to the top of that hill, ideally, you're in the last 10 or five riders in the peloton. Mm. So you may have gone up the hill, compared to the guy who started at the front and stayed at the front, I will have ridden up a hill um, 45 seconds slower than yeah. someone else. I may have spent longer climbing, but my heart rate and my power output were incredibly lower. Hence, I'd saved a heap of energy. It felt almost like I hadn't ridden that hill. And then you take the time, and, and here's the trick to making it work, when you have a succession of hills, getting yourself back to the front without wasting a lot of energy. So it's not just yeah. about blasting up the side in the wind, making huge acceleration, get back to the front, but just following wheels, riding through gaps, just keep like a salmon upstream, just keep moving the, the path of least resistance preferably in someone else's wheel, back to the front, next hill, start at the front, drift back again. And as the race goes on, you can afford to drift less and less. But if you've done it from the beginning, you've saved yourself a lot of energy over the course of a day. And if you do over the course of a, a stage race, then you, you can save a lot of energy and um, worked for me. Well, guys, welcome to Talking Luft. We were just listening to Robbie McEwen then, him and I chatting about the intricate little details about racing, and I tried to get under the skin and try and unravel a little bit of those things that you see on TV and maybe don't understand or understand and just wanted to hear about it. I think Robbie was perfect for that. If you haven't heard that episode, get across to the Cycling Podcast, as always, and listen to our full episode over there, which is over a fortnight. Here is Talking Luft. We don't have Robbie this week, but I've got something even better, I think, is my teammate, Michael Valgren. He's a Danish guy. If you don't know him already, he's Danish. He turned pro with Saxo Tinkoff. He was there for three years in 2014. Then he went to Astana for two years. Then he went to Dimension Data for two years. And now he's over with us at EF. He was national champion in 2014. That's how he debuted with Saxo. He was just like... Straight off the bat, national colours, and I remember him too. He was such a strong bastard. Then in 2016, he was second at Amsel. 2018, he won Amsel, and in the same year, he also won Ormelot Het Newsblad. He's a super talent on the bike, but he's such a nice guy. And I sat down with him at the training camp earlier this year. So sit back and enjoy this one, guys. Another talking look for you. 
All right, here we are. We're on training camp. I've got my new teammate with me, Michael Valgren. Welcome to Talking Luft, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Have I pronounced your name correctly? It was really, really good, actually. How do you pronounce it in Danish? Yeah, uh, you'll say Mikael Valgren. Well, then I wasn't even close at all. No, but in English, you said it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get yeah. straight into it. I've been geeing you up about Talking Luft. The first question is caps. I'm talking cycling caps, yeah. little caskets. How do you wear yours when you don't have your helmet on? So, like, I always uh, yeah, looked up to Bjarne Reese, uh, and he was wearing it really cool, I think. Like, really on top. Like yeah. Just on the top of his head. So, almost not wearing it. Good reference. Very yeah. good reference yeah. for talking luft. I like yeah. it. Like, I, I try to wear it like him, but I just don't have the head for it. So... Uh, yeah, I'll keep it um, pretty s- normal, but then with the head cap up. Uh, the peak up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how I, I would do it. So forward with peak up. So tell me about Bjarne Riso. Like, I like the way that he was thinking. He wanted plenty of luft, I call it, high on the head. But the problem was, as we all know, Bjarne Riso was bald. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel Ingerain, another good example, wasn't. He had a nice afro under there, so it held the hat up perfectly. We often saw Bjarne's hat cave in at the front. It was a shame, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a big shame. <laughs> but I think he could still wear it. You know, he had the he had the strength to do it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, he he was just tough on the bike. And I know Matty Bressel is also a, a big fan of having the high high cap. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, next question: If you could have raced back in those days when you were allowed to ride without a helmet, what would you have done? Would you have worn a cap? Would you have gone a sausage helmet, like a leather helmet? Would you have just worn a headband? Would you have just let that those golden blonde yeah. locks flow in the air? I'm pretty sure I would have gone head, uh, headband and then had my hair just in the yeah, free, you know? Headband, I yeah. love it! I'm pretty sure, like a white headband. Because I, I, I love tennis. Hmm. And I feel like if I would have been a tennis player, I would have had a great look, like uh, <laughs> white uh, tennis socks and a headband and like uh, a bit of a... A good-looking uh, Federer, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blonde Federer. Yeah. Nice. Very good. All right. All-time favorite cycling kit or oh. team. Also, yeah, give me your favorite cycling kit. And it could be the same as the team as well. You might go, you know what? I love their kit, yeah. but also I like this team. Hated their kit, but I love that team. Uh, it's easy for me, actually, yeah. Being Danish, I love the CSC uh, mm. kit, uh, Tiskali. That's... The team I fell in love with when I started first uh, watching bike racing, I think the kit was also like really cool. Especially um, later on, with they had some kind of um, yeah, like dimples on the mm. on the on the bib tights, and I think it like it looked really really cool. What sort of year you're talking? Oh, we're back in two thousand three ish. That's when I started. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like when maybe like Zabriskie was leading the tour around that time. It was more like uh, Hamilton and oh, uh, yeah. at that time, yeah, yeah Basso, okay. Basso. That was, was a good uh, kit. And yeah. did you? Are you also going combining it with? That was also your favorite team with the guys in it as well. Yeah, like, I, I just fell in love with them and the yeah. bikes. You know, like Cervelo, Sip yeah. wheels. Like I begged my mom and dad for Sip wheels my whole childhood. You know, and they just <laughs> they wouldn't cave in. You know, <laughs> I had to save up so much uh, money to to buy them. Obviously, you know, because um, like it. I started inciting when the movie Overcoming came out. Oh, yeah. So that's when I started just to to love cycling. And that movie is just so big part of me somehow, mm. you know. 
and all those guys there, I feel like I I know them. Come yeah, it gave you know. such a good insight to the world, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. And now I I know many of them. You know, I see them out, out there on the road. It's like wow, I still get a bit starstruck. You know, when I see, <laughs> yeah, I was basically yeah, I, I was teaming with Ivan Basso, you know, for a few years in Saxo. Like I was, that was huge to me. You know. Yeah, and you yeah. still like you got to be cool about it, but yeah. you still inside <laughs> you're like, oh, it's Basso. Yeah, yeah. You're like, should I ask for an autograph? Nah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> or never. Very good, very yeah. good. Okay, favorite race? Um, yeah, it is. It's Tour of Flanders. Ah. Uh, yeah, I I love that race. Mm. Um, it's one of the few races where I get like you know butterflies in my stomach. Uh, every time I, I do it, I only, only did it four times. Uh, well, yeah, four times, three times maybe only. Anyway, I, I just I think it's a, such a cool race and. That's a race I really want to win as well. I think I can mm. do it maybe. So that's uh, that's why it's special to me. Best result there? That's fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Okay. Not to brag, but I think I did pretty well like being 11th in my first edition mm. and fourth. And then I probably didn't finish the year after. And then I was not really great last year, mm. but all right, 20th something. Nice. Yeah. Well, so I have a good... I have a good uh, I mean, top 20 in those, in those yeah. boys is for me a massive result. You know, like everyone's fighting for the top 20 yeah but you know when you've been up there already yeah you kind of want to stay up there in the in, in the game like i just got dropped at a yeah, crucial point obviously but yeah, i couldn't close the gap again so mm, cool yeah. i like it crosswinds or mountains ah easy crosswinds nice yeah easy one training or racing oh <laughs> I am a racer. I'm a true racer, mm. but I do love training. Like <laughs> I, I just love to go out there with my, my mates, but I also love to go out alone and do my efforts and feel like, fuck, I'm on it. I'm in good form. I'm gonna smash the next race, you know. Yeah. So it's a bit of both, I, I reckon. Yeah, that's right. They they sort of balance each other. Yeah. You couldn't just train without racing. No, but I also hate racing when I know I'm not good. You know, mm. it's like if just having races going coming and I'm in shit shape, uh, shape then it's horrible. You know, mm. then you want to go home and train. Mm. to be better because if you're bad in a race you don't get better anymore you just get worse mm. nice are you a coffee stop guy yeah and yeah. what do you get when you stop at a coffee shop to eat do you get something savory you get something sweet it changed uh, since i moved to monaco before i was in denmark it was always a sweet like always like a cinnamon bun a mm. big cup of uh, black coffee americano now i'm more like sweet coffee and then savory so mm. like cappuccino and a, and a santa Mm, nice and what coffee do you drink not at the coffee shop but what sort of coffee do you drink throughout the day do you start the day with a cappuccino and then move into espresso or are you just a black man all day i'm black man all day really yeah straight up straight into the espresso or straight into long blacks long blacks yeah all the way through to the all end the way through. i like a good uh, espresso but it's just it goes too i drink it too quick you know mm. so that's basically why i drink long blacks to have the sensation of having it for a longer time mm. But I can easily go for like three double shots in the morning, uh, long blacks before going out for training, and then come home, have another two, and then I try to stop at like around <laughs> three, four o'clock. What about the filter? Don't get into filter. Um, not really. Mm. Only when I'm home in Denmark with my mother-in-law, we can drink loads of filter coffee. This <laughs> 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 is funny because like I'm at home in Denmark with my mother-in-law or my grandmother, whatever. We sit there at eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the evening. Oh, do you want a cup of coffee? Oh yeah, why not? And then we <laughs> share like a whole pot, you know. And you go straight to bed after. Like doesn't affect me at all. Nice. No. I like that. 
What is your poison, your favorite drink of all time? What is Michael's go-to? Are you a drink? Or yeah, are, are you a beer a man, a wine man? Are you a water man? Is it coffee? I don't know. It might not be alcohol. No, um, good question. I, I was on the county team and our director always drank uh, Pepsi Max. Pepsi so Max? That's the only thing we had, basically. And I've been a Pepsi Max guy ever since. <laughs> uh, so I love a good Pepsi Max. <laughs> what, wait, wait. What differentiates a bad Pepsi Max to a good Pepsi Max? Uh, Are they have got good years or? They do have good years. <laughs> no, actually, um, having a Pepsi Max from a normal glass can, yeah, it tastes uh, some kind of too good, you know? Yeah. You have to have the, the cheap stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just so weird. What, like two liter plastic bottle? Is that the good stuff? No, just like a normal little uh, can, you know. Like, okay. Uh, so it's a bit uh, weird, but like I do enjoy a good glass of red wine on okay. my older days. I really yeah. do. Nice. Favorite training loop? Describe it to us. Where is it? What is it? People who are in that area are going to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Ta- take us through. Easy start from Monaco. You go out uh, towards um, Mentong up to La Turbie, down to Pay. Through a city called Lascaren, up called the Browse, down to uh, Sospel, up Castellon, down to Menton again, have a coffee there, hmm. then up uh, up the mad one called the called the Lamadon. How long is that? Too long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, like I think from the bottom it's like forty-five minutes, fifty minutes. Wow. And then if you're really uh, on a good day, then you do golf course in the end, and then you're home, and then it's five and a half hours three and a half thousand meters of climbing but 22 average speed or something like that it's like <laughs> no cars beautiful is it it's awesome mm. it's uh it, it's really good and if you do uh you have to you'll you'll do that loop actually so that's uh that's pretty cool i saw you you just sent me the profile exactly and i was like all i just saw was just up down up down up yeah. down up down so uh, that's that loop yeah and it's so good because you can like, kind of do it you can shorten it halfway through so either you want to go big or semi big so either five and a half or you're gonna pussy out yeah Yeah. (laughs) so (laughs) nice what is your best bike of all time maybe it's one you've ridden maybe it's something you're dreaming about what is michael's bike that's a good question actually um my best bike i have to think about that actually is it that Savello? Did you, did you end up? No, you didn't ride Cervelo in the end. Cervelo in the end. Because what was the team when you joined it? The CSC eventually. It would have been Tinkoff then, was it? Yeah, we had Specialized. Specialized. So obviously that was a, a freaking good bike. Mm. It was a really good bike. Uh, but I'm actually, I'm really happy. And it's not something I'm just saying now because I'm on, on, on a can day. But I was so happy when I got on it. Like, I felt like, wow, this is my bike. I feel like home. Mm. And I had two years with BMC. Great bike. I just... Just not my fit, you know. Mm. And uh, the Argon Aero bike, I also really like. I cannot say which bike I like the most, to be honest. Mm. Um, Have you bought any bikes in your life? Yeah, I bought almost one every year. From oh, did you? Yeah, so from I, your teams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I try to keep like some yeah. some good memories there, and they're all in my rooms, or my old room, and well, at my parents. So all my jerseys and stuff. Yeah. Did you get a Danish champ? Because you've been Danish champ. Did you get a Danish champ bike? No, we didn't. 
get that i got like the um, mclaren specialized bike they were trying to promote at one one time yeah i rode it in the in the welter but it was not for sale and i think also it was too expensive for me th at the time <laughs> so i bought just the normal um yeah, tarmac and also the Venge and the time trial bike from that from those years wow so you got some bikes collected up yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to make a, a good storage there uh actually even basso i think he had the same he had like 25 bikes i think he uh. he told me yeah it, that's the thing like at the end of the year you're sort of like oh i don't know but then yeah. two years later you're thinking that was a good idea yeah and like i always thought when you turn pro just get the bikes hand over you know but mm. i always paid for all of my bikes yeah i was hoping that arga maybe, maybe would give me one because you know it's a small brand i won two big races on them but no i had to buy it <laughs> yes yeah. fair it's enough reality yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right <clears throat> we've all got our war story and by war story i mean you're in the race it's that race that people talk to you about and you know it's like oh you know back in that bloody giro that time you know i was out the back and i you know typically i say it's a groupetto story but not often everyone's in the groupetto yeah or it's not happening there and often now as you know the groupetto is not the groupetto what it once was <laughs> no so i'm just going to put it out there war story it could be from a one-day race you could have got lost yeah. whatever what is your war story i would say Montreal, 2000 and must have been 15 or 16. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Want to get over? No, it's fine. No, that's fine. Um, I don't remember it was 15 or 16. I remember it was pissing down the whole day. You, you know the Montreal course? Yep. You start uphill. We started full gas. It was full gas all day, like five hours. Hardest race of the year that everybody was saying. And I think Team Villains might have won because was Tim Villain's weather but for me it was war because I had good legs so I was up there in the war you know mm. and I was it was a big result for me to become like top 10 in the in the, in the world tour race not being so old so yeah that that, that was just for me a, a good war day you know yeah and what was what was happening for you that day like can you remember those emotions in that moment like in that race because Montreal if anyone doesn't know you come around and every time you've got well, there's one major climb in it, yeah. but then there's a, there's a few little kickers around the back. Mm. Like every time you're going up that major climb, you're just like, oh, I don't know about this. Or what was the hard parts every time? Yeah, that's obviously a, a hard climb, actually. Uh, another climber, I think. But then that day, because of the rain, you have to be in the front the whole day because yeah. it was strung out in those small little kickers and, and, and the corners. So uh, for me, it was always a big battle of staying in, in the front. Uh, because I'm not a, a big fighter unless you have really good legs and then and, and yeah I was struggling the whole day just like you know sitting on the last wheel because you didn't have the big confidence and then in the end I, I did really great I was so happy with being you know up there fighting uh, mm. and like a bit of proud of myself that I kept fighting with her so many times you could just say oh, oh. fuck this shit I'm getting dropped now roll to the hotel and watch the race on television but luckily I never really been like that so yeah it was it was a good um wait for me to finish the the season yeah and that's a big point it's at the end of the year mm -hmm. a lot of cbf rolling around in the bunch yeah you do laps so every time you go past the finish it's like mate do you want to stop yeah exactly. and you're like no yeah. not this lap so yeah. i see what you're saying very good i like it what's your cheat meal it might have been after that day it might have been after that hellish day what is your go-to i'm going to treat myself today i deserve it thank you very much 
five buckets of uh, Ben and Jerry's or something <laughs> like that. Or ice cream all day long. <laughs> yeah, no. Nice. I love ice cream. It's like, if someone offers me ice cream, I'm not going to say no. It's just... Uh, Is there some good, like, little boutique ice cream stores back home? Yeah. I could imagine there would be. There's both good places in Monaco and also in Denmark. I have a good friend who have an ice cream shop, so that's dangerous when I'm back, when I'm back in Denmark. Um, but yeah, it's... Thing also is, uh, do you want to give him? Do you want to give him a little plug? What is that store called? So this is not uh, like uh, I, I can say it. Yeah. Okay. It's called. Um, of course, I want to go there. I want people <laughs> to go to this place. <laughs> no, the owner is uh, his name is Klaus, and he's making. <coughs> yeah, he's only starting to making vegan ice cream now because mm. he's a big uh, potential in it, and uh, I'm from an area called Tu, in Denmark. So of course, like uh, that's the name of it. Uh, oh, that's the name of the shop. Too. Yeah, like um, if I don't even remember the name now. Okay, like um, you just know where it is. You just go there. You don't even know. Yeah. Need to know the name. It's so embarrassing. Klaus's store is it? Yeah, but it's so mega. Fuck. <laughs> I get like all like nervous because I can't remember the. I feel like I'm at an exam. Tell us about the store. What 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 makes a vegan ice cream? Is it still just tastes like a normal so ice cream? The thing was like I know him quite well, so I went to his yeah shop. That I don't remember now. And he told me that the hardest thing to make a vegan ice cream is to make it creamy still. Yeah. So they put actually a lot of shit chemicals inside to make it that elastic and, and, and nice. So one night on a Friday, he put all these chemicals in and then he came back Monday and the sink was like blocked because he put in some kind of E number, you know, mm. and he had to get like the plumber and he put like a meter of like old ice cream out. It's just like a, a rubber. Oh, yuck. So it's quite crazy that you eat Mm. Something you think is healthy because it's vegan, but there's so many E numbers and so has inside. he continued to make vegan or he's gone? I don't like it now. Oh, he's continuing because it he sells. is. He called himself a cream boy, but he just sees a big market for the vegans. Mm. But it's still good ice cream. Eh? Like if you don't know it's a vegan ice cream, you you cannot taste the difference. What's your favorite flavor? I'm like a salted caramel kind. Of oh type. yeah, yeah, that's me too. Yeah. All right, the last question here. The best thing about riding a bike for you, what is it? I think it's just being free. Like, I like to be in the nature. Uh, I like to be outside. And then it's different from, let's say, running. Running is just too hard. Like, mm. I can enjoy riding my, my bike way better. I, I see I see more. I, I like the, the wind in my hair. It sounds really... Yeah, what do you say, like... Um, Stereotypical yeah, or wanky or... Yeah, exactly, but... Yeah, but it is. I do true. like it. Actually, I, I I wish I was a part of that time where you could ride without a helmet to really feel the, the wind in your hair, you know, but uh, I, I like the speed. Hmm. I like to go down descents that I know well because uh, you just... You go fast. You feel like you're living the, on the edge, but like you're still in control. I like hmm. that. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks for being on Talking Loft. Oh, thank you for having me. I look forward to this all day since you invited me. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Like I said, super nice guy, really lovely guy, and I love talking to him. I'm going to try and get a full episode with him later on this year and just uncover his story a little bit because I think it would just be nice sitting back, having a, having a wine with him or even a coffee or whatever it might be. I hope you enjoyed this week's Talking Luft. In two weeks' time, there'll be another Talking Luft. Next week, there'll be an episode over at the Cycling Podcast. 
I want to say thanks to Lara behind the scenes who's been helping me here at Life in the Peloton. And guys, thanks for listening and for all your support and feedback. I really appreciate it. So until next time, cheers, guys. Cheers.